Welcome to How to Decorate from Ballard Designs, a podcast all about the trials and triumphs of decorating and redecorating your home. Each week, they'll help you unleash your inner decorator. I'm Caroline. I write the How to Decorate blog. And I'm Taryn, and I'm a product designer. And I'm Karen. I head up Ballard's branding team. We're We're your hosts. Join the expert team at Ballard Designs for tips, tricks, and tales from interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world. Plus, we'll answer a listener question at the end of the show. So don't forget to send them to podcast at BallardDesigns.net. Yes, we love answering them. And now, on with the show. It is day two of Nashville week, and we're so excited. I've been following today's guest on Instagram for many years. Her name is Stephanie Sabi of Sabi Interior Design, and she started her interior design career in commercial spaces, working with hotels and restaurants, then did some time in the Northeast in Boston, where you were working in um, residential spaces, and now you finally landed in Nashville, and... I have to tell you, there's something about your rooms that just feels so cozy. I want to curl up with a book. And um, it's funny to me because it's not as though you're using space uh, traditional elements that one would think of as cozy. Um, they aren't dark. They're they're actually quite light and bright. And but but that overall feeling of coziness is sort of the main takeaway for me. Do you have any idea what I'm talking about? That's the nicest compliment. Yeah, I feel like it's spaces feel cozy and that people want to stay in them. Um, that's exactly what I'm going for. So that's like the best compliment. Thank you. Yeah. For some reason, I wrote down the word very comforting. I, I mean, immediately oh, that's nice. it was, I was looking through, I was like, this yeah. just feels so like home. I don't know why I didn't grow like, up in rooms like that. I wish I had, but <laughs> you know, welcome. Yeah. I think, I mean, we really, try to approach design in a livable way just because I have four kids and uh, work with a lot of families who have a large, you know, many kids, large families. And um, I just don't think there should be a space in the home that's unused. I think that's like somewhat from our childhood that we're all kind of like scarred from that one room that had like the, the vacuum lines in the carpet. I don't design rooms that have vacuum lines in the carpet. So um Everybody can go. If you can't throw all the pillows on the floor and make a fort out of it, like, you know, it's not probably something I designed. Right. But your rooms are very, I would say, harken back to very classic things. You know, a lot a lot of the people that we talk to these days are like, well, I'm a mix of traditional with a pop of the new. And, some, and I'm like, no, you're not. You are. Right. Even... Um, the first thing that struck me was the art that you use in all of your projects. It is old. I mean, some of it right. even looks like 17th century, 18th century. You know, it's there's no, I don't see any abstracts in there. And a lot of times what we talk about is, oh, well, if you want to liven up something that's an antique, throw in an abstract. But you're not doing that. And yet it still feels really fresh. How are you doing that? Tell us. Go. Um, I think fresh colors help. Um, just like a lot of people, I'm really into blues and greens and white. Um, I like clean lines. I love traditional things, but I like doing them in a clean, I won't say the word modern. I I think that would do injustice to modern design, but, um, so, you know, we do a lot of pinch pleated drapery and, um, pillow details, but nothing is really fussy. Like it is traditional, but not fussy. Um, and I think the old artwork is just like breathing something into a project that no architecture or no fabric or no, you know, whatever could add to it. It's like carried. Some of them are 200 years old. Um, we have a dealer who gets crates from Belgium a couple times a year. And um, it's just the neatest artwork. And it's so fun when clients are willing to go down that path. Of, you know, I didn't have it commissioned for them, but like make your own meaning out of it. You know, look at the painting and think like, what could this be to you? And I think they end up being happier with the paintings in the end when it's like that, as opposed to, I have this dream in my head of this childhood moment. And then we have a painting commission and they're like, it's not exactly how my childhood was. I'm like, I can't really read your mind, but we're trying. Um, But yeah, I love old art, old sketches, old furniture that's recovered and something fresh and new. Um, Well, I do think that if someone has something like the way that you curate the art and the way you hang it and display it, and I guess it never, it, it is clearly, you know, vintage, antique, but it never looks old or fuddy-duddy and I don't, I don't know if yeah. that's the way you frame it or the way 
you leave space around it, but it still looks so clean. And that I just thought, okay, if someone has some old painting from their grandmother that they have no idea what to do with and how to make it cool, they need to go look at your portfolio <laughs> as fast as possible. Yeah. Like, go run because you do, do it. it well. Thanks. Yeah, that uh, that one project I have that's called Woodmont, that it has a big painting of an older man in front of like the wet bar area or the dry bar. And they literally brought that in the day before we shot the project. And they were like, can we use this? Like our mom is moving and she just gave us a bunch of paintings. And I was like, yes. And they were like, are you serious? I was like, yes. And I want to do better at it. But I like, like, I mean, it's his grandfather. So we won't call it weird, but like that kind of element of like, you cannot, no one's can pin that and like have the same room. And that kind of approach to design like gets me so excited. I'm not a big um, source share. And it's not because I'm like, oh, you can't have this wallpaper. It's because I'm really trying to create something that's not something you can pin and source and make into a like to know it type thing. I just want to do something unique for every person I work for. Yeah, I'm looking at that interior and, and I think what you were saying, sorry, Caroline, but in, you're saying in the beginning a lot of the way you keep a lot of it so light and fresh is the 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 walls being so light and, you know, that whole house is white walls and really clean wood floors and then, like you said, this sort of funky drawing or painting of an old dude, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One thing and, I also and, try to do is have, you're talking about light versus dark. I really, from room to room, try to have um, a really contrasting feeling. So like that dark muted room, uh, dark, um, it's kind of like a clay color with the painting in it. That room is dark and, you know, it doesn't get a lot of natural light, but it, it induces a feel. And then when you move to the other part of the house and it's bright and there's tons of windows, like, it evokes emotion like through the travel of the house. And I try to think of that on purpose. Same with dealing with like patterns and stuff like that. Like I think just like a well-curated museum, you know, they don't put, they place the paintings so that they can evoke emotion in a different way. And you wouldn't put two paintings side by side that kind of um, were just like two artists that blend together and they have no difference. You know what I mean? You try to like mix it up. And so we do that with the whole house. So if the entry is one feeling when you go into the formal dining room or the living room, to me, those rooms should feel different. I know a lot of people do whole house kind of concepts and everything kind of flow flows. And I think we do try to flow, but like we want the colors to be a different feel. So it's like you're in a like a boutique hotel, you know, like there's, it's not like they do like holiday and where every room package is the exact same. We want every room to feel like a different space. So you use it, you know, so many of us don't use certain rooms in our house because it's not an experience. It's like just another room. Right. Well, and if you are, you know, sometimes maybe you're in sort of a cozy kind of mood and you want to curl up, but then sometimes maybe you want like that it d- does give you the ability to sort of choose the space based on how you want to use it and how you're feeling. And that's kind of a fun idea I hadn't really thought about before. But yeah, it's like old fashioned in a way, like we live in an old house, but that whole, you know, the drawing room, the dining room, and you experience your house like Downton Abbey throughout the day, you know, you kind of move room to room. And I think there's modern ways to do that, whether it's like a room, we only have one room with a fireplace. So that is our fireplace room. And we try to play games in there and stuff like that. Just really intentionally, like I said, with designing for kids, like using your whole house. And if you have pieces Mm -hmm. of your house that you don't use, you need to design it better. Well, I'm curious. I think like the concept that you're talking about where each room is different probably does lend itself to old houses where there's more distinction. But what do you do when you have an open concept? Can you use that same strategy? I guess in a way, I mean, there's always a room, right? You always have to go to the bathroom. You always have to go to the bedroom. So yeah, I mean, I would say the openness of an open concept lends itself to kind of a cohesive, like this is this experience. But, you know, if you live in that all day and it's bright and white and clean, maybe at night you go to your bedroom and it's Mm -hmm. darker and cozy or you go to the bathroom and you have this fun, you know, wallpaper. So same concept. It's just yeah, and I am yeah. moving back towards rooms. I know the open concept has been popular for a while, but um, I'm definitely pushing clients back towards like having a kitchen be a kitchen and having a living room mm-hmm. be a living room 
Um, I had a client bring it up a couple years ago. She was like, I'm just sick of my sofa smelling like curry all the time. And I was like, I never thought of that with the open concept. Like everything you cook in your kitchen is being absorbed <laughs> into your furniture. Um, but I, yeah, mm-hmm. it's just how I grew up. And that's what, you know, I think a lot of us are designers from what we know. And like my grandmother had a kitchen with a sit down table in the kitchen. And I'm starting to do that more. Like a lot of English kitchens have where there's no island and you really, and we sat in her kitchen for hours. And I feel like, that there was a reason because it was comfortable and it was low and it wasn't this like perch spot. It was, you know, stay for two hours and have coffee. And mm-hmm. I just think about all that kind of stuff, like the, how the interiors, you know, result in the lifestyle and stuff like that of people. Um, I think we're all trying to slow down. We're all trying to enjoy our homes more since we're here, but. Well, as a mother of four, what are you doing in your house that is, that people could take and and work with, you know, what have, how have you designed things in there specifically so that your family uses it and it's more practical? Yeah. I get a lot of, um, where all is all your stuff on Instagram, like my kid toys. And so we, um, in this house, we didn't do, we don't have a playroom. So my kids are everywhere and they're still the age where they can be everywhere. They don't really ask for like privacy. They're not teenagers. Um, but we have a toy closet. That's a walk-in closet. That's off the um, the laundry room. And they play with their toys all day long, drag them throughout the house. And at the end of the night, they have to put them back in the toy closet. But it's not like it's a bin or something small. It's a space. They can walk in there. And then on Fridays, I try to get them to clean it. But basically, like all the little bins everyone's into, like to organize things, those are nice. But like, unless you sit and do that every night, it's not super practical. So to have like a bit, a larger space, that's, I can't clean a playroom. Like I, it would just be like four layers of stuff that we never cleaned, but they put it away every night in a reasonable way and they pull it back out the next day. And that's been sanity to me. I just don't have like, you know, the Legos are up every night and they go back in the closet and then the next day they can pull them out. So just trying to quell that. But and then the boys built, you know, like the Starship Galactica with a Lego and it can't go in the closet and it takes up the whole middle of your living room. Do you make them disassemble it and put it away? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. We had the whole Pirates of the Caribbean, every ship built out of Legos. It took up literally like half the living room. So those sides have to go under their beds. Um, mm, okay. And I have Legos under the bed. And then we bought like a huge um, Ikea, you know, lack shelf and they stack the medium size ones. But that's such a good question. And like the practicality of designing kids rooms, because, yeah, I mean, that that's real life, right? Like kids don't live with antique oil paintings and their beds perfectly. I mean, my kids have a few, but they want to tape like Pokemon <laughs> on top of it, you know? <laughs> sure. <laughs> so. I can't believe Pokemon is still a thing. My child is 26 and it was a thing when he was little. Oh, it's still crazy? a thing. And I still don't yes. get it. I'm that like, what crazy. exactly are you oh, doing? I, I used to play the game with them. <laughs> Did you? You, didn't, you don't play the game? Yes. They don't even know how to play a game. They just tell me they're very valuable and that they're going to be really wealthy off of them someday. So they collect That's what them. he told me 26 years ago, too. Throw <laughs> that junk away. <laughs> there we are. That is, that's something that I always sort of am curious about because, of course, right now, my daughter's two. And so I have all these solutions for what she's doing now, but then it's going to be a whole other, you know, every age kind of milestone is a whole different set of solutions you're solving for. So that's something that I just don't even have a handle on yet, but I'm sure we'll have yeah. many don't questions over the years. There. Yeah. yeah. No, well, but, it's so but, hard to figure that out. But I think I'm trying to make smart solutions while I'm designing our house now so that I don't have to redo them all again in two years, you know? So I think I want to plan ahead and try to imagine the things that she'll need to have, but obviously don't want to, you know, I don't really know. So anyways. Yeah. I always call clients that I designed before I was in that phase, like especially pre-kid clients. And I'm like, hey, I'm sorry for that floor <laughs> lamp. I told you it would be okay right there. <laughs> I'm well aware it's not okay. Or that linen sofa I told you would be fine as long as you did X, Y, Z. Once you, I just got a dog in December and I'm like, oh my gosh, like my dog clients. I had no idea. What you're, I don't even, like indoor dogs are amazing that they're so popular because I'm like, 
have no rugs now. Like they've all been pooped and peed on so much that <laughs> I ain't going to have to throw them all away. Like it's awful. She's cute though. <laughs> That's really funny. You live yeah. and learn. <laughs> well, I wanted to speak to um, just your look. You come from such a traditional place, and I think it's so neat. And I know you spoke to you spent time working in Boston um, a few years, and I wanted to hear more about that and how you think it has continued to influence even um, your homes in Nashville that you do now that you've been able to um, put this look into this very traditional yeah. look into. I say a lot that, you know, I trained and went to school in Tennessee, but I like became a designer in Boston um, because I have lived in Nashville. I grew up here and then we lived in Memphis for a stint and they, they do have traditional, beautiful architecture, but nothing like Boston, like nothing. And we have destroyed a lot of our um, really historic things here. We've torn stuff down or just totally kind of scraped them clean and made them a little anyway it's just different so there you know I would I launched my business after basically being unemployed and um started getting jobs from I think it was like a mom blog type thing and this one lady used me and then started passing my name along but I mean I got to go in brownstones that were built in like 1850 like stuff I had never even seen before that needed so much work but had like all the original moldings and fireplaces and um like entryway floor, you know, herringbone and different floor pads, stuff we just like in a typical home don't do, you know? And it was like, it was just amazing. And I just learned so much from working in those homes about detail and scale and, um, and how to live in a small square footage. Like no one lives big in the city. Like even if you have the whole brownstone, it's still nothing compared to a typical spec house in Nashville. Um, so I felt like I became really good at space planning and like living, you know, helping people live well within the footprint of their home. Um, But yeah, Boston's just, it's like walking in a movie. It's just such a beautiful place. Um, And I really felt lucky to get to work there for a while. And we still do work there, but you know, not as much. Do you think it um, affected your color palette even? Because I, I am, obsessed with just your color palette in general. Um, but you just have such great tones and depth. And um, But I was just wondering if you think it influenced Probably. it. Probably. You know, it was no, always No, I don't. <laughs> I came of age when I, the funny thing is, is I am into like the orangey browns and a lot of like autumn colors. And I do mute down most everything. It's very rare that we use like clear colors. But um 2004 was when I started working and that's the original era of like the pea greens and the browns and all that. And whenever I started doing chocolate. So I, time will tell, I I may just actually be a very dated designer. (laughs) who's still doing the same thing. I don't know because I've been picking those colors for like 10 years now. That's just, I don't know if it was when I learned them or what, I don't know, but I like those colors. I probably always will. Maybe it has to do with her natural coloring because you're a redhead. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I like you know, it in blue and green. Yeah. yeah, it's the color of your closet, maybe. The maybe, yeah. yummiest dining room <laughs> ever is in that color palette. And I had a question about that because it is this gorgeous ochre, like caramel wall color. Mm-hmm. And I've been seeing that color everywhere um, recently, like even more just in fashion. You know, those like clay earth tones are really popular. Yeah. And um I just would have never thought of it for the wall color. And I, if you could just describe this room to people for a, l- a little bit, because um, I, yeah. it just has so, it just really caught my attention, I think, because it, it's unlike any room that I'd seen before. And it just feels so delicious. Thanks. I do love playing with color. I think after practicing restraint for a while and doing a little bit like what everyone else was doing, um, it's been so much fun to work with color. So that color, yes, is a, it's like a rust. I can't really, um, I'm, I'm really bad with descriptive words. I'm like, it's pretty, but anyway, it's, <laughs> it's a rust it's color. Like, is it a red clay? But it kinda? started, yes, it started um, with, the, there's a marble fireplace in there that the previous owner had reclaimed. Those style fireplaces are not uh, original to our homes, which I live on the same street. Um, our homes are all built in the 1920s. 
Anyway, so I was like, oh my goodness, you have got to like really make this fireplace pop. It's the most gorgeous thing in your house. And so she's just the coolest, most laid back, go with it client. Um, I was like, what do you think about this color? Because that color is kind of like, (laughs) sounds so dorky, but that is my like signature color right now with textiles. I feel like I've used that. I have it in um, some lighting fixtures too, but I have that color a lot in our house. And so, but I've never painted walls. So I painted the walls that color and it kind of established the palette. And then we did blue on top of it. Um, But yeah, it's different. And um, I just wanted to do something different. I wasn't like the color of the year or whatever. And it Mm -hmm. was really fun. So I was thankful for their willingness to kind of go with it. But you have like a lounge chair in there. Don't you? Um, yes. It looks like a swivel glider or something. You want me to pull room. back the curtain on what that room really is? So it is a dining yes. room on the left. When you look at that picture, it is a dining room. You can look this um, project up on my website. It's called Woodmont. Um, so on the left is the dining room. But on the right, it's um, a play area for their kids that they use every day oh. um, because they wanted to live on the first floor and didn't want to have to walk up and down steps. She wanted to be able to see them while she cooked. So she can see through the house and see that it's got, there's a train table over there. There's some bookshelves. There's, um, you just can't see it in that shot. Wow. What I love, love about that shot is, and it's such a great use of that space. You know, I think we often think about our dining rooms and what needs to be on the walls in a dining room. And I know that the, you know, focal point is that uh, fireplace, but you have the dining table, but then you've perched that little chair with, you know, three paintings behind and a nice big plant. And it looks like such a great little nook. We put that there so that like you could focus on the kids on the one aspect, but if you wanted to sit and have a cocktail and face the dining table, you could sit there and face the dining table. So it's levels back and forth. I just love livable spaces. Like when people come over, you know, it's always that awkward moment of like, when do we sit down at the dining table or where, where do we go before then? And to have like little points where like you can sit down with a friend and, and have a conversation or a cocktail before it's like, let's eat. I love creating those little moments throughout the house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's a great way hosting. to use a room you don't usually use, like you were saying, you know, right. Mm-hmm. But to take a dining room and make it, you know, hundred percent usable and very practical. Mm-hmm. Are you using performance fabrics in spaces like that? Oh, def- I mean, that's basically all we can use right now in this phase for upholstery. I, I heard um, one of my idols, I can't remember who it was, speak at Marco in time. And she was like, we only use real fabrics. We do not use synthetics and all this. And I was like, I dream. Yeah. But also that's like my worst nightmare because... I get the calls, you know, when people's kids text me at church on Sunday, there's a pin on my sofa. How do I get it off? I'm like, can you call me tomorrow? But <laughs> yeah, I get all those calls. So like I send fabric swatches home with my clients. I'm like, do what you want to do to it. Like, go ahead and try it out because then you own it. And I do my best. But, you know, there's some stuff like the biggest culprit. I feel like forever there was when we were all wearing the dark wash jeans that oh, yes. would not come out like of mm-hmm. anything. So anytime mm-hmm. anybody wants to go light, I'm like, do you like dark wash jeans or do your friends like dark wash jeans? Cause it will ruin your furniture. <laughs> yeah. Right. Do your friends dress in white? Cause it's so it's fabric. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. no, it's totally it, true. I had, um, we had a Christmas party one time and this very hip friend of ours wore a full kind of denim on denim look and he's standing against a wall talking the whole day and kind of shifting his body weight back and forth. And when he left, his whole outline was on the wall. And I told my husband, I was like, what if that was grass cloth? And it was just paint. Thank goodness. But yeah, it's the crazy what can ruin things that you never, you know, we all think dogs, kids. I think most of the time it's like your buddy with like a glass of wine, you know, Mm -hmm. the kids don't do half the damage as the adults. I mean, I spill coffee everywhere. Yeah. True. Well, and I think for kids, I'm always like, you have to sit at the table. You have to like you put it in a sippy cup, no spill. And but then of course I walk around all day with my coffee oh, when yeah. I'm drinking wine. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm oh, yeah. the one at fault. Really. I spilled coffee on a chair this week. I wasn't even near the chair. Okay. <laughs> my cup wasn't even full. I don't even know how it happened. And I, it's chairs I just recently had upholstered. It's like white and tan striped linen. And I look down, I'm like didn't go anywhere, but, you know, three feet away on the chair. That's so funny. <laughs> That's just how it goes. Yes. 
Oh my gosh, that's the story of, so I have a linen sofa and then I had a kid. So to your story, same, same. And so I have a linen blanket that pretty much matches right over the cushion because it's a bench seat. And it was the same thing. I took the cover off to wash it because the blanket had something on it. My kid literally like open mouth to the, to the top of the sofa within the like, you know, it was like 30 minutes of being without a cover. And of course he had just eaten something. And I was like, I, <laughs> at least you have I, thinking that you can cover it up. Why did take it off? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, is that right. a good thing? But do you not be scared of I don't know. let's not influence people to not buy nice things when they have children. I'm like, still do the nice things. Like That's you can true. spray it with sprays now. There's like dip fabric. Mm-hmm. I've got all the No, I will say you can live a nice life. I have a lot of umbrella performance yes. and so far so good. I mean, I haven't really put some, I haven't put everything to the test, but I've gotten out wine. I've gotten out the spaghetti sauce. I've gotten out cinnamon roll goo. I've gotten charcoal out. Yeah. Cause you remember my husband put coal in our stockings for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> and then we dumped the stockings out all over the white sofa. So that came out. <laughs> That's amazing. Thank you. Never would have thought that. Yeah. We have yeah, a that place that we can predict any fabric to you and they dip it in this chemical. I mean, if you're like, chemical averse it might not be for you but even one of my clients who gets like organic mattresses we still dipped her fabric so you can get like you know all the pretty linens that are thin they back it so then it's kind it is a krypton by by then i guess maybe not it's not Mm -hmm. but anyway Mm -hmm. um yeah so you can do whatever you want you just have to do it wisely (laughs) and i will say that sombrella is like all super green it's like a super green country company 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 Yes. So it's not a no, no country yet. No, but okay. like, maybe it will be. It's taking over the world. Um, well, my my thing, my only thing with this umbrella though is just that um, lint. If you have one of this, um, some of those performance like velvets or something, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily that it's stained. It's that like it it it's like a Pill? Dust, it like it, sucks up the lint. The lint magnet. Oh, really? Have you found this? Magnet? Or maybe I'm the only I'm one. I'm finding in one right now, and it's not a lint magnet. Oh, I okay. have found that some of them that are 100% acrylic pill over time. Mm-hmm. So I've mm. been, I'll do uh, like performance velvets like all day long, but some people just don't like velvet. Um, but some of the ones that are mostly acrylic, um, especially on ottomans where your foot is like friction all day, they'll pill. Mm-hmm. Mm. But, you know, um, no fabric mm. is going to be perfect forever. Like, no, so, no like, for sure. Right, it is a textile. Yeah, I do swear by performance velvets. Like truly, I have a chair that has been breastfed and thrown up on. The kids eat in it, and I wipe it with like a wet towel. And it's, I mean, it's 100% polyester velvet, but it's amazing. Well, my question wasn't fabric related. I'm sorry. I was still <laughs> on your portfolio and was, um, I was still in Woodmont because I think. I was obsessed. And um, you have a tub with a bookshelf behind yes. it and like sconces. I am not. That is, I know. Seems, well, if you're mm, the codes, people might. The, the clients put those sconces in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> ah. um, so I am not the first person to put a tub in front of a bookcase. I feel like that photo has gotten uh, around the internet, interwebs, and I. I'm happy. I love that space, but I definitely did not invent that. So I had a board. We had a, basically a dead cavity behind the tub we wanted to use, and we could block it out or put storage. But who's really wants to get their towels behind their tub? And so we were just looking for inspiration. And there's there's this really old image that has it almost looks it's all leather bound books, and it has this white marble tub in the center, but the the bookcase is right on the tub. So that was. One of our inspirations, and then my friend here locally, Rachel Haverson, she has something similar in um, her bathroom, which I'm pretty sure I had seen um, and it was inspired by. But, um, but yeah, it's fun. The client, we get a lot. Of, I mean, that one will spark up the Internet with um, comments. Uh, Lots so posted funny. it and they emailed me. They're like, this is our like most controversial post we've ever posted because I'm a book lover. I love books. But, I mean, I read like you know, where did you go, Bernadette? It's not like I'm reading like old classics and 
So I'll throw anything up on a bookcase by a tub. It's fine. But a lot of these people are like, you're going to ruin your books and whatever. So the, most of those books were like how to get your baby to sleep, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's a mama. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was fun. They, like, again, they're fun clients. A lot of people would have been like, I'll splash the books. So you just put the left valuable books on the bottom. <laughs> yeah. Well, that I is, do appreciate your like lighthearted approach to all of this, you know, because even though your your interiors are they look you know grown up, um, you know, and reading your Instagram, there's a, this sense of humor behind them as well, which I think is it kind of intones this youth, which makes it feel so fun. So yeah, thanks. Yeah, I was listening to a podcast yesterday, and it was uh, uh what is it called? a well-designed business with Leanne, I forget her name, but anyway, she was interviewing someone and uh, I like that podcast too. And your podcast. (laughs) Um, She was interviewing someone who kept talking about professionalism and like everything's, you must be professional and you must carry yourself. And I was like, uh, I just posted a video of my husband sleeping on the couch with his mouth open. Like, is that professional? (laughs) And I know they talk a lot about branding and stuff. And I think I'm just with me, it's, if it's not fun, like I just don't do it. I would not do Instagram if it were just a bunch of work pictures where I made up captions like a beautiful blue space for a, a adorable family. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I would be like, and my friends would text me like, who took over your Instagram? This is so weird. Um, but yeah, I want people to kind of know who they're hiring. Like they're hiring me as a personality too. And I'm going to live with you for like a year. And it's going to get awkward sometimes because it's about money and personal space. And mm-hmm. um, if we don't click personality wise, like we should, you know, I feel like you should just put that out there on the Internet. This is who I am. And I feel like it's authentic to who I am, kind of what I put out there. Yeah. Well, and decorating should be fun. I mean, especially right. for a lot of our listeners who are doing it themselves. They, you know. You can't take it too seriously because you are going to make some mistakes and like, that's just, we must make mistakes in life. So you just got to yes. roll with it. If you have a decorator, you can blame them and then they figure exactly. it yourself. There's no one to blame <laughs> but yourself. Um, that is so sadly true. <laughs> when you but, do yeah. pleasure. Um, <laughs> I want to go back to this bathroom. I'm sorry. I'm I'm still in this deep teal bathroom, and my question is: is you did the cabinets, the walls, the molding, all this deep teal. You did the countertops in a lighter stone, and otherwise, it is this definitely jewel box. Is there any trips, tips, or tricks for doing a dark bathroom? Because I do feel like most masters these days are white on white on white right. on white, and I. I think I gravitate to this bathroom again more just because it's, I haven't seen a dark one like this, uh, especially like a, a, a larger bathroom. Um, so yes, was there problems with lighting or anything like that? Um, no, the vanity is right next to the only window in the main space. And then there's a window in the toilet closet, which you we didn't take a picture of, obviously. But um <laughs> No, anyone. The toilet seat in, is a really interesting story in that one. It's a really like fancy toilet seat that like talks to you. And I had it delivered to the office, which is attached to my house. And my husband, I was like, um, have you seen a toilet seat come in the, like in the porch? He's like, no, what's the big deal? I'm like, that is like the most expensive toilet seat I've ever purchased. Like we cannot just leave it out in the front yard overnight. So don't lose the toilet. Um, don't lose the toilet. Um, no, I mean, it really, it's just it's about trust. Their bedroom is small for a, a master bedroom. And then the bathroom for this size house is large. So the bedroom is white and it's almost like loft apartment looking like it's very efficient. And then the bathroom, I was like, let's do dark. Because again, it's that like change of mood between space to space. And, you know, paint is such an inexpensive way to make something feel special. Um, you can paint things there are so many shades, you know, and you paint something, some shade there, do it away. Nobody's done it. And that is yours. You own it. You, you know, and so we don't look at white and think that is such a, if I painted that bathroom white, we would not be talking about it right now. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I just picture going into that bathroom after you put your kids to bed, you light a candle, turn the lights down. Oh my God. It just would be the perfect place to just do your whole evening routine and unwind with some wine in the bathtub, reading a book. Oh, I'm, I'm jealous. 
Mm-hmm. Sounds yeah, like me. Too. me. <laughs> see, I want to. How did she see her face too, though? That's my question because again, I agree with all the feelings, but that's why I was like, "Are there like some good cam lights?" Yeah, but then we have down lighting, sconces. I... There's sconces all around. I think sconce light is the best lighting, um, but there is a, that window gives a good amount of natural light. Natural light is the best lighting, and then second to that is sconce light. <laughs> so walking through a home or lamp light, but sconce light, I feel like it's just such a neat level because it's at face level. I love lamps, but um, I went through a friend's house recently who has a lot of art lights like wired in all through the house and it just felt so good in there and she didn't have overhead lights on. It was all from sconce height. And it, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to copy that. Karen <laughs> <laughs> mentioned in that bathroom that not just the walls are that color, but also all the trim. Mm-hmm. And as, as I was poking around the rest of that house, you're talking about sort of that clay color dining room. There's another like little powder room that's sort of a light sagey olive green and um, maybe other stuff. But, oh, yeah, like a nursery that had some trim. And so mm-hmm. the trim, it all, all the color extends to the trim as well. Is that something that you always do or was it just to this house? So that's a funny question. I thought I was like, that was my thing. And I was so just like, no, I did a show house last year and we all kind of worked in our own little boxes. And then when it was installed, we got to teach other's rooms and like every, every room had painted trim. And I was like, oh, apparently this is a thing right now. So it is definitely a thing right now. I have loved it for a while. So if you look at a lot of English interiors, they've done that forever. And the trim is not this pure white trim that we do here. So often um even just like a, t- a slightly tonal where we'll paint like the walls a khaki color and the trim white they, they'll do the reverse of that and it just adds kind of like an just an old world feel I don't know when we all started painting trim like bright white um but again it's just paint and it's just a different way to do it and I think it kind of gives the room that overall feel you want instead of it just being like here and there you know it's also easier if you're DIY in it I totally agree because I think a lot of times, especially if you have a dark color, the white trim, like my eye just goes straight to the white trim. And I'm like, why am I emphasizing, especially if your trim is just sort of your basic, you know, if you have an incredible dental molding or something that's really special, then maybe it, it makes more sense to emphasize it. But if not, why are you emphasizing just some very, you know, yeah, the corner yeah. of your room, I guess, is what I'm saying. You mm-hmm. don't want people right. to look at the corner. You want them to look at your art or your sofa or your what have you. Or if you so have a lot of doors do and windows in a room and it's all the trim around those is white, all it is is like interrupting your eye as you go around the room. There was a bedroom that you did where the bed is placed in front of a window. And that's a question we get a lot because I think people don't know how to do that. They think, like, I think when you see it in your, for example, your portfolio, it seems so natural and not like a thing, but I think there's a mental block maybe. And so I was just curious if there are certain strategies that you use when you're going to put a bed in front of a window and like, is there ever a consideration of light? Is this a dark room? Is it a light room? You know? Yeah. So, um, I'm doing a master right now that's similar that's going to, it's some rooms like have to have the bed in front of the window. There's just no other way to lay it out. And my rules are just keep the headboard low and make sure that you're not designing so that the window is inaccessible to control the window covering. And those are basically the only two rules I have. But um, I don't like it, you know, if someone puts like some sort of grand headboard in front of a window um, because natural light is such a, amazing thing in a home, you know, so I really try to play that up. But um, yeah, I just, I think keeping the headboard below, I mean, I guess it totally depends on your windows, but under, I think 36 inches is our kind of rule. Um, so that you feel like you're getting proportionally, you know, the headboard shouldn't cover more than half the window, stuff like that. Do you have to center the bed under the window? Is there a way to do it where you're, it's off center and it doesn't look weird? I think you could do it off-centered with art. Like if you did like maybe, if, yeah, I know the scenario you're saying, if you have like a slightly off-centered window, if you balance it on the other side with like maybe stacking three pieces of smaller scale art, but then bring back the symmetry with like wall-mounted sconces or two table lamps, like 
let that be because sometimes the sweetest spaces have that one quirky thing about them homes Mm -hmm. too on the exterior i'm a big symmetry fan but sometimes i've realized some of the spaces are that are the most charming have something kind of weird about them so yeah no Mm -hmm. rules i don't think you have to do anything but um i think it's all about balance and proportion you're right though i think like if it's too perfect it almost looks eerie like Mm-hmm. Not real. Like and then you have to keep it perfect. Like if you have a pillow off or whatever, it's like, oh, the room looks awful. But if the room's a little quirky, it's like, oh, yeah, that pillow fell to the side of it. It adds to the cute, like the no, charming. No, it's intentional. You know. Right. Stephanie <laughs> came in here and made sure my pillows were off center. <laughs> a little sloppy. Yeah. I wanted to look like someone just like cuddled there and then got back up, you know, um, in real life. <laughs> Which is which is right. real life too. Nobody's fixing pillows except for yeah. probably me. That's that's the only person who's putting them back. That's so. awesome. I'm not. Am I the only person that like? I love lots of pillows in that they can bring in pattern, but I detest fluffing them. They never look good. Like I just want as few throw pillows as possible, but without it looking boring. Maybe I'm the oh, only I weird use one. Them. I use them to. Yeah, I I always say, like, Mm -hmm. as a parent who literally is in the little boy fort stage, like, you have to pick your pillows well so that when they're in a, like, pile on the floor, you're like, that looks good. Like, on the floor (laughs) because those patterns are so good together. Um, And sometimes, like, the most appreciative I get of the textiles I selected for our family room is when they've made a fort because when you design, you stack things like that and you never see them like that in a real room. Like it's always like two pillows here and a sofa over here. But when they play with everything, it's just like together. And I'm like, I did good. That looks really good. I did <laughs> great, good. Great pattern mixing kids. Good job. Right? <laughs> <laughs> My favorite is the dog. The dog sleeps on the sofa all day long. And I know this now because I've been working mm-hmm. from home for half a year. And, um, Every time he gets up, he knocks another one off. And it's like, it's funny because at first I was putting him back and now I just wait. Okay, I have a question for y'all and and I want to know what your thoughts are. Okay, so I have this great old chair. Okay, it's sort of a bergere chair, but it has this really unique, um, like carved exposed wood frame, you know, and my dog is obsessed with this chair. She, this is like her chair and I want to have it recovered, but I'm, I'm so torn. On the one hand, I want to just put out like a fabulous print that's like a color, um, just something really special because I only need like three or four yards. But on the other hand, this is the dog chair. So I'm like, what do I do? Should I I pick a great fabric and just (laughs) accept that it's going to sometimes have dog hair in it and get a little worn? Or should I do something like performance velvet that will look great? Oh, get the fun fabric. Um, yeah, my favorite book is, um, oh gosh, what, now I'm like, my favorite book, now I'm in a blank. I'm like a mom brain. I forgot my child's middle name the other day. One, uh, One Man's Folly. You know that book I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, about. yeah. Okay. When you look at that book, yes, thank you. Okay. Gatewood. Um, his furniture Gatewood. is Carolla all... Thoroughly Gatewood. His furniture is all worn. Like it looks lived in. Like they didn't take mm-hmm. time to fluff things up. And and they're big. I mean, like Bunny Williams and all of them are like big dog people, which I'm still like, how are all these famous designers such big dog people? Because these dogs are, you know, worse than kids. At least mine is. <laughs> but they do. And they live on the furniture. And I think that's the kind of look I'm going. Yeah, get the pattern fabric. Live on your furniture. And if it's like you know, a little mushed down or has dog hair on it. That's just like normal life, you know? Okay. Your friends will That's kind of the answer I wanted because yeah. I don't want to do something boring on this chair because I just think a solid on this chair is going to like not cool. I want to do like a Peter Dunham block print or something, but. Yes, do it. I'm, you can I'm, dip it too if you want to dip it. Okay. And the wear is part of the charm, right? Right. You know, That's what I mean wearing. in that book. His furniture is like, some of it's like fraying. And I mean, it all just looks very romantic. And, you know, I love it. It's not for everybody, but I love it. Well, it's where Caroline started this whole conversation. She wants to probably snuggle in there with tea. So (laughs) you'll have to 
You won't care once the dog's been on it enough, right? I mean, I don't care if my dog's hair is on it. I don't want it to look unappealing if someone comes over and they don't want to sit in it because it has dog hair on it. But I mean, it doesn't bother me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it'll be dog hair whether it's a performance fabric or not. So just get the pretty one. (laughs) That's true. That's very true. I think you just need the little Dyson thing you can clean up real quick. Yeah, plus if it's a pattern, you won't see it. That's true. Yeah, the pattern. Yeah, unless yeah, they're wearing white tests. pants and then they get up and it's all over their pants. Put some swatches on the chair and let the dog lay on it for a while and then see which one and is see how it goes. forgiving. Yeah, that's <gasps> a good idea. Okay, so this one is from Julie and she writes, Hello ladies, I discovered your show about the time we moved to a new house. That was about seven months ago. Quite frankly, your show has weaned me off Pinterest. (laughs) See, you should be proud, Stephanie. (laughs) And the idea that everything in a room needs to have the same style. I love the personable flavor of your show combined with lots of great advice. Below are photos of our formal living room. The look I'm going for is classic with some trends mixed in to keep it fresh. We inherited the paint color. Perhaps it's dated, but I do think it works in here. The room has a a walkway to on each end that leads from the kitchen sitting area to the master and the other from the kitchen to the kids bedroom. I have slowly been collecting things for the glass shelves and have yet to style them. I would love to have some decorator advice for these. Since they are so boxy and 18 inches deep, they are daunting. Since the shelves on the bottom have power, I'm thinking of adding two lamps to the bottom middle alcoves on each side. My main question, however, is about the furniture. The leather couches from Ballard purchased in March. We really like the gray wing backs, but they may or may not stay. What I really want to do is to add a second couch, forming an L shape. The second couch would have to have its back to the windows. I'd like some advice on furniture placement and also advice on what I should look for as far as fabric height and style for the second couch. I realize that it's a little unconventional. We have another seating area with a sectional and I wanted to do something different with this room. If that is a horrible idea, I would love to hear your thoughts otherwise. <laughs> for reference, there is a three there is three feet of walking space between the wing back next to the piano and the fireplace wall. This room is used for gatherings. Um, extended family can be up to 16 people. And then reading, music, and sometimes games. We watch TV in the other sitting area. This the dimensions of this room are 14 and a half feet by 19 and a half feet. And any other advice, feel she free. said, feel free. All right. All right. So, so let me just tell you what Julie's room looks like. So it is 14 by 19. Imagine a, you know, a rectangle. Um, but this room doesn't have walls on the small ends of that rectangle, right? Because it's it, it opens to something else on one end, and then the other end it does have windows there, but there's a door there on one of the walls. So. Um, there's a walk through, there's a fireplace on the middle of one of the long walls. Mm-hmm. And um, she has arranged the room right now so that when you pass through the room, you're passing between the furniture, which she has up against the sofa, she has up against on the opposite wall and the fireplace. So the fireplace has like three feet between it and uh, a square coffee table, these two gray wingback chairs and sort of a caramel colored leather sofa. And then she, to the side, she has a big, um, like, baby grand piano. It's funny that they call them baby grands, but they're so large. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) So she's wondering about her furniture placement and just sort of generally in this room. And then, oh, and then on either side of the fireplace, I'm sorry. She has these very generously sized floor-to-ceiling built-ins that are wider than the fireplace, I'd say maybe one and a half times as wide as the fireplace on either side, closed storage on the bottom, and then all above, it looks like um, um, adjustable shelving. And she said it is quite deep, I think 18 inches deep. So go, tell us what to do. All right. Oh, man. Okay, let's see. So I love this sofa. I think that's great. I'm going to kind of work in the not the order she discussed topics. It's in your color palette. But as far as furniture layout, just looking at it without walking through the space, what I would try is to pull the two wing backs back closer to the fireplace and have them flank the fireplace more like fireplace chairs or, you know, fireside chairs. Um, 
assuming that you don't use the storage below the glass shelving units often, but you could angle them that you could probably still get access. And then as I like the idea of doing a second sofa. I think that would be totally fine. I would do something smaller, like a love seat size or just an apartment scale sofa. But the thing to consider is back height and arm height on the sofa. So you want to make sure those two relate. So one sofa doesn't dwarf the other. And since you have solids for all of the pieces, I would do something fun like a stripe or if you want to go crazy, a floral or a platter, just something to make that uh, new piece kind of stand out and be a statement piece. I like the gray upholstery on the wing backs. I think that's fine. I would do maybe like a pattern for a throw pillow on the back. Um, the shelves are hard. That is, that is a hard one because you've got some solid and you have some glass Um, I like the lamp idea. I think lamp lighting is always a good idea. You did not ask, but I would maybe relocate the piece of art that's over the fireplace somewhere and put a mirror there. Um, Since you have the, there's art above the sofa, I think a mirror would kind of add some interest and diversity to the space. Um, That's kind of a weird word, but I would also consider painting the room. I see it kind of looks like it, it, you've got open spaces bleeding into other spaces. I would definitely paint the ceiling coffers. I would take that all white. Um, And I might look at painting the room like a creamy white um, with the bookcases so that I think your bookcases are going to look better if that... um, kind of mustardy it looks mustard in the pictures it it might not be but if that were the same color so that those lines are not the fireplace wall has got a lot of elements going on and I think if that were all the same color it would help Mm -hmm. unify that and then you could really focus on your styling and stuff like that um what else did I miss did I cover it (laughs) I think so it's wall to wall I mean it's not wall to wall but it's it looks like it's installed yes because there she has, a, she has a, an electrical outlet in it <clears throat> i thought it was maybe a, some other kind of stone but i feel like you know if she had a rug that grounded the 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 seating area yeah it would also help because the space is large mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i was also almost wondering and you know it's kind of hard like since we don't have dimensions but like okay do you think it would be weird if she moved the piano over to the other side of the room, sort of as though it's in front of one of those bookshelves. And then she could center. Well, and I don't know if there's enough room, but then maybe she could center the, um, the sofa more on the wall instead of having it be shifted over. Uh, yeah. I didn't even notice that. I don't know. It just yeah, seems I like the, the sofa everything right now is not centered on the fireplace. You're saying, right. It's kind of hard to tell, but I think that's what you're saying. I think that it's is not. the case. It does not look centered, but these are angles that are, you know, they're not like they're at an angle. So it's hard to tell. I don't know. So I might right just now be something she has to play the with. And the piano on the same side of the room. And you're no, saying she has she the sofa the and the piano. The, sorry, that's what I meant. The yeah. sofa and the piano. So if she pushed the piano to the opposite wall, it would give her the opportunity to ha- move her sofa around so it's centered up with her fireplace. I think so. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know how much depth Mm -hmm. there is. That was just, that was kind of something I would at the very least just test out, just move it over there and see if it works. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like that idea too. But it sort of does. And and I think the the wingbacks by the fireplace would do the, would do the same thing, which is just everything is on one side of the room. So you need Mm -hmm. to bring something over to the fireplace because it's like kind of lopsided. Right. And you're not really embracing the warmth of that fireplace, you know, and enjoying the, the, the point of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love the moving yeah. the 